0: The curse of Warnock strikes at the Hawthorns, but two wins and a draw from the opening five games. Do we all need to calm down a little bit? We'll be discussing the late heartbreak against Huddersfield, the end of the trance window, and we'll be looking ahead to the big event that's coming up in the international break on this week's Baggies Broadcast. Hello, I'm Johnny Drury. Welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies Broadcast sponsored by the kettle and toaster man. I am opposite the ENS's Albion correspondent, Lewis Cox. Coxie, how's things, mate? Good weekend. Recovered from the uh, the agonising Saturday defeat.
1: Johnny, good to see you, mate. I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't think I've recovered from it yet. It's it's Monday Mm -hmm. as we speak. I know this is going out later on in the week, isn't it? Actually, we 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 weren't going to give too many time clues away, but yeah. that was a tough one, wasn't it? That was a that was a tough one to to take, a bitter pill to swallow. Um, Warnock came and did a job, didn't he? And Albion weren't great. They they were not great, and it was just a. There's it, no way to lose that, is it? When, okay, you've been poor. Take the take the point, you know, not playing well. But then have to have your big chance right at the death to spurn it, and then and then to lose it 30 seconds later in the worst is. is got to be the worst way to go into a two-week international break. Yeah,
0: it's not uh, it's not great. That was probably the the biggest sipner for, for Carlos and his his post match interview. Now he's got two weeks to, to mull over what's happened. We'll talk all things Huddersfield. Uh, it's gonna be a reduced um episode today. By the time this comes out you'll already listen to part one of Tony Putler. So you've got two smaller episodes uh, this week and next week because uh, as I hinted in my intro there's a big event going on on Saturday and Coxie's going to be, we're going to be without Coxie for about two and a half weeks after this weekend. So, uh, so yeah, it'll be two smaller episodes for the next couple of weeks, but we're going to start with Huddersfield. Um, I did have an alternative album, which has wound me up over the weekend, but I'm going to incorporate <laughs> it into the, the Huddersfield, um, Huddersfield chat. Um, Coxie, we sort of waxed lyrical about it on Saturday. Well, not waxed lyrical, but just went on about it. Well, I did anyway, on Saturday. Um, how we saw two different Albions, you know, an Albion who played at high, a high tempo at times and looked really, really good, and then an Albion that looked, you know, my favourite word of the weekend that you use, ponderous, and they didn't <laughs> look so good. You know, we saw opposite ends of the spectrum, really, didn't we?
1: Yeah, yeah, sorry, I was just laughing there at how, how taken you were by my usage of the word ponderous, but I think it did sum up, for me anyway, Albion um, on Saturday. I. I understand and, and sort of half agree with what you're saying about two sides off, but for me, we didn't see enough of the good side, you know, being, no, no being sharp, sharper and more incisive. Um, I think it was the right result on the balance of play. I agree with Carlos Corbin in that Hud- Huddersfield was a better team. Um, and that's a a little bit of a damning indictment, isn't it? I mean, I don't, I don't think Huddersfield are as bad as the league table read before Saturday and... and Carlos Coburn makes a, a strong point about the strength of the division in general this season. So, but I at the Hawthorns Albion expect to win that, and maybe because of the two managers involved, you expect Albion to dominate possession, to be the more creative of the sides. But, but actually, as we'll get on to, beyond the first five minutes, there was, there was so sort of precious little to get excited about, wasn't there? From, a, from an Albion perspective, it, it was disappointing. and it it was it was the it lacked tempo, didn't it? Where Albin needed to move it quicker, they didn't. Um, when they needed to progress forward, they they didn't. Um, I wrote in my sort of analysis over the weekend that goals haven't been a problem yet this season. The creating chances hasn't really been a problem. Certainly scoring goals hasn't hasn't been a lack of um, at the Hawthorns this season. What what did we have a four and a four and a three was it prior mm-hmm. to prior to Saturday? So certainly not been a problem at home. Um, and obviously, the, the, the dream scenario is writing Saturday offers a bad day at the office, which you know I'm I'm more hopeful we can do. I suppose at least there are two weeks to try and correct that bad day, um, because Albion can't afford too many more of those, and they certainly cannot give goals like either of those away. But I mean, certainly the second it was um, it was atrocious, and in, in, in a few ways, wasn't it really?
0: Yeah, it was pretty. Um, it was pretty grim. Um, well, we will decide for that goal in a few moments' time. Um, you say that, you know, lackluster, you know, looked lackluster. You know, that you could argue that there was a few out there, but someone who, you know, fans have really jumped on and, and been critical of recently is Jed Wallace. And we, and we did speak about him and on the video on Saturday. Um, sort of gone, not gone missing, but it's just not the Wallace. I think there can be comparisons in the criticism we've seen of Wallace in recent weeks to that, of Swift, you know, I think it's because we set such high standards for him and, you know, I'm sure if we had Jed Wallace on the podcast he'd, he'd say he hasn't maybe been up to his levels in recent weeks and towards the end of last season as well. Um, it's hard to put your finger on what it comes down to really, Coxie. Um, I do yeah. think some of the criticism is over the top. Um, I don't know some fans will be spewing at that, but you know, it's he's not his his old self at the moment. It seems.
1: Yeah, um, uh, it's it's been a tricky start to the season for Wallace, hasn't it? It it there's no nothing. There's much getting a, away from that. We haven't seen him near the. And again, this this is something I, I was I was trying to I think of the best way to to sort of describe it when I was writing my analysis again over the weekend. And and for for the first, I don't know half or two-thirds of last season he was consistently one of if not albin's best players it wasn't on, on the pitch most games uh, you, you knew what you got from him with and without possession in terms of the hard yard but for me the end product um albeit albin didn't score many goals but the, the deliveries were, were relentless you know you were getting half a dozen a game and they were they were mostly on point I don't think it was Wallace's fault not more that were converted I, I think you know the lack of Sort of options in the box and whatever. Um, it just hasn't it hasn't started for him this season, has it? I, I would say he tailed off towards the back end of last season for me. Um, but again, I think possibly understandably so. He played a hell of a lot of football, didn't he, in his first campaign, as much as anyone, most in an Albion chair. a lot of minutes. And I think I, I I thought we saw the effects of it towards the end of last season. And you're just hoping he can come back, sort of refresh, reinvigorated for this one, but it hadn't quite happened, as we were saying on Saturday, weren't we, Johnny? He just needs a moment, doesn't he? A spark to kick him back into gear. Um, I remember at Leeds on that Friday night, he had that, that lovely little flicked, stabbed effort that Melier pushed onto the woodwork, didn't he? And that, that could have been a, a big lift-off moment for Wallace this this term. He's There's no lack of the hard yards and effort. You can see with him, if anything, I think at the moment, he's probably just trying too hard to make things happen with just not coming off um you made an interesting health sort of fitness medical point didn't you over the summer which i I went and had a look at over the um over the weekend and and mentioned in my analysis as as well which i'll let you explain but that can't have helped wallace um in terms of like prep for for pre-season the new season but i don't i don't think he would want to use that as an excuse or it's just possibly a factor I don't think I don't read anything into the club captaincy thing I, I I would dispel that I I don't think um that would hamper him off uh, you know we hoped that would sort of motivate and inspire him to better but I haven't seen it yet and um yeah obviously he was the first to come off wasn't he when when Corbran made the subs so that was telling uh, yeah they'll be very aware that you know Corbran will be very aware he needs more from Wallace Wallace will be aware and, uh, yeah, a big couple of games from him on the other side of the international break, I, I would say. But, yeah, well, go on, mate. I'll let you make the point about the... Yeah, he had,
0: a, he had appendicitis in the summer and he was hospitalised. Um, and, you know, I can, I can think of a few supporters who have... Quite vocal and prominent on social media around Albion, he would say that's a load of old rubbish. And but we don't know, we don't we don't know the after effects of these things. Like you said, there we, you don't think it is the captaincy. Even on that, we you know we don't know from the mental side of things whether the captaincy is was weighed a little bit heavier. But what what really gets me is like you said, there on the whole in an Albion shirt. Is you look back to if you looked at every game to the start of last. From the start of last season, he's still up there with some of Albion's best performers. Yeah, he's on a bad run of form. And yes, it's strayed maybe into the end of last season, you know, in a season where he played an awful lot of football. But I think it's a sign of it's just football in general and, and society. And it's not everyone and everyone's are entitled to their opinions. But, you know, you have one bad game or you have a few bad games now, you're a bad player for some people and you know it'll bring us on to the conversation about Carlos Corbran in a minute you know it's almost as if oh that's it you're written off then and it's not you know Wallace is not the first player who'll have a bad run of form you know and it might continue for a few more weeks and he certainly will not be the last that's football um just on the other individual displays we're going to have to talk about that catastrophic goal um you could probably pick a few people who Played their hand or didn't play enough of a hand in the goal. Um, I know fans have looked at Nathaniel Chalabert, um, failed to sort of put it exactly. John Swift made a good point. You just, I was, when I played football coxie, I was the master at this, as taking uh, tactical yellow cards, not because it was doing oh, it for yeah. the team. I was a bit too slow, so I just kicked people. Um, <laughs> but Chalaber should have just booted the lad out on the left wing. And it was a bit of a feeble attempt to win the ball back, didn't track. And then I think one thing I haven't seen Boy, out the kid who scored at the back post had so much time to bring the ball down. He was free at the back. You could see it coming. It was the pass to play, and the, and the lad crossed it in really well. But yeah, it's just there's a few people who have found wanting on that. Just, we'll, we'll focus yeah. in on Chalabur just because fans have made the point on Chalabur, and I don't want to dig in on him because he's had a difficult few weeks, hasn't he? And, and yeah, performance wise, he hasn't been great, but he has to do more there. If you're a player who's coming up, you know, he's been stuck on ahead of Mauer. Oh, Moet, Sorry, who's who's going to be frustrated the fact that he's not getting minutes? But he's got a point to prove. Chalaber. he's really got a point to prove. You know, he's come from Fulham where he didn't play masses of football. You know, he's played in the championship, played quite a few games in the championship. He's got a point to prove, and, and that goal d- doesn't prove anything really. And
1: yeah, I mean, when when, when I uh, when I finally saw proper replay of that that period back. From, you know, Dean Garner's pass to Major the chance and then the breakdown the other end what twenty seconds later. I mean it's it really is head in hand stuff, isn't it, from an album perspective. I tweeted the word hideous and just think it i mean ma Madge is not to you know not short of blame by the way. I
0: didn't I know it hideous. He's I, didn't know, I didn't know if your hideous comment was related to the goal or to whoever the commentator the was on there who called <laughs> Nichols, yeah. Palmer, and Major Brandon Thomas Asante. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or, yeah, or, including the commentary as well, by the way. Yeah, hmm. I didn't... I, I, I was sort of love to call out a fellow professional, but, uh, yeah, um, not great. Yeah, got Especially that one of Thomas Asante had been subbed off for Major. But, yeah, it, it's not easy at times, the odd, um, yeah, spotting people on the pitch and stuff. But, um, yeah, he's got to do better with the finish, hasn't he? It? it was, I said to you at the time, it was the opposite to conviction was, you know... Whatever the opposite to showing conviction is, that that felt like that, and um, the whole the whole move subsequently was so lethargic and half paced from Albion. But Ch- Chalobah is the main protagonist in it, isn't he? What is it about the halfway line, just into Albion's half, and um, sort of the, the right side of the pitch from Albion's perspective, Huddersfield attacking, and it just looks like I mean. It looked to me like Chalibur was just sort of jog, jogging, just like sort of sauntered around, um, half an effort to stick with his man. And then the man turned him with so much ease and then just jogged away from Chalibur. Furlong had been dragged out of position in some weird position that allowed the ball to be played into the Huddersfield left winger um, in all kinds of space near the byline. And the cross to pick out Radoni, the match winner, as you say, Johnny, all alone at the back post. You see Townsend flying out um, to try and close it down. And he does try, but it's it's too late, ultimately. and um, So you can't maybe fault the effort there with Townsend, but why is the position in the first place so bad? You just wonder, you know, why have Auburn been so pulled out of position? But for Chalabra, I mean, you're right, Johnny, Summit's approved. And yeah, we know what happened at Stoke with the, with the away supporters and all of that, gave the apology. But that is just, the, the replay of that goal was a horrible look. Wasn't it? It really wasn't wasn't good. He he it looked like he wasn't giving what he should to Hamille I mean, Swift mentioned it without mentioning Chalab, but I know Carlos Corran touched on it to foul the man or just fly into him, pull him back, whatever. You know, you take the yellow, don't you? Um, yeah, really, 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 really poor and frustrating and how annoyed... I mean, I didn't quite see it live in terms of that Chalabra element. You know, sort of busy trying to explain the fact that Madge just passed up a, a match-winning chance. But <laughs> whenever you did get your head up and you saw Huddersfield attacking seconds later, you knew what was coming, didn't you, Johnny? You you really knew what was coming. And, uh, yeah, not good enough from Chalabra. And a lot of Albin fans will have seen that and will be not interested in forgiving him for that. And will not want to see him again anytime soon because of it. Um, we'll want to know why you know, Moat doesn't have a chance instead and yeah, just frustrating, disappointing really, really not, not good enough for the not, like, commitment to the course you just take the foul, don't you? You just stop them somehow and just you just try and get stuck in, don't you? And it just didn't happen. It, no. it was frustrating and very poor.
0: Yeah, no, it was frustrating. Just finally on Huddersfield's result Um, you know we've seen a few quite a few sort of choice comments on social media and Saturday night I was reading a few things that I just couldn't quite get my head around to the point of some people saying it's called Brown up to the job which is ridiculous. Um, but it just seems for my point of view, everyone just needs to calm down. Albion have won two. They've drawn one. You know, they're mid-table. We've said Albion are probably a mid-table team at the moment. You know, I know it's only five games in. Um, it just seems to be a bit of a bit of, we've got a few questions on this, you know, there's a good point Lewis of you know, we talked about earlier in the summer that supporters are going to have to sort of temper their expectations given what the restrictions being worked under in the market you know, and how the squad's looking at the moment Um, it seems maybe that might not have filtered into everyone and and yeah, some people have still got high expectations but I think we all just need to calm down, we're going into the international break on a, a bit of a damp note but, you know, there's two, two good wins on the board, um, scoring goals. And, you know, yes, Saturday was ridiculously disappointing, but you're not going to be the first team to lose to a sucker punch from a Neil Warnock team, you know, who mm. is a, is an experienced manager and sets teams up well. And, yeah, to question. You can question Corbett. You can question some of his decisions, as we said. Chalaba coming on instead of Mowat, maybe, um, and things like that. But, yeah, I just think that everyone just needs to take a breath and just calm down, you know. The start of the season has been all right,
1: really. Poor Warnocked, Johnny.
0: Warnocked,
1: Warnocked, yeah, Warnocked. And Albion won't be the last team that happens to this season, will they? Um, yeah, I think it's 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 quite reaction reactionary, isn't it? But I think without going too deep into away from the football, I think it's sort of it's society, isn't it? We, we we all want to react instantly to anything sport anything in sport football. So um yeah, yeah, I think you'd bang on actually with yeah especially when you think about where Albion are yeah, particularly when it comes to what, what the head coach was able to do in the in, in the window, what he was able to do to the squad. I I take the point about the, you know, the chaliber change instead of Moa and you know, other bits like that. What what some would hope to be a, a quicker tempo style at times or or I don't know more free flowing But yeah, going into that game, we it it felt, dare I say, sort of glass half full on the back of a decent deadline day. Um, Yeah, poor poor performance. Huddersfield with a better team, but you just want to take your medicine and get away with a point, don't you? And yeah, it's it's, say it's not Carlos Corbrand's fault. Albion conceded that goal late. Obviously, as as head coach, he plays his part and takes his share of the blame clearly, and has to front up to it. But some of the players involved in that period of play let him, let him down you would have to say uh, but i think we all need to yeah, yeah over this this fortnight maybe take a step back and yeah reevaluate expectations and what what we should expect for the season perhaps uh, we spoke about this didn't we in, in the summer when we were giving predictions and stuff and sort of yeah, backed out being to to try and make a case for sneaking into those playoff positions and I I don't think I'd change too far from that after five league games, you know, Johnny. But but it's a strong league, and there are quite several, I would say, stronger squads in Albion. So there's going to be a good few games where Albion aren't favourites. You know, Saturday was one when Albion were, and they let themselves down by not performing well enough against you know a wily old manager and a, a team in Huddersfield full of physical battlers who who actually played some decent stuff as well. Um, didn't perform well enough, but I, I yeah, all of the um, eh, the knee-jerk stuff. Yeah, who are we to say, you know, what fans should or shouldn't think? But, but just temper, just take it, take it in context. And you know, Corbin worked wonders for most of last season, didn't he? So, you know, we, we're five league games into a new season. Let's let's see where we are after ten. You know, when it went what would we be then back end of October, November. Uh, Ten or twelve, a good gauge, isn't it, as to as to how it's going? But we don't expect Alvin to be in the top two all season, do we? Do we expect Alvin to be in the top six all season? Possibly not. So, um, yeah, we, we we should try. Been a little bit spoiled at the Hawthorns under Corbrand in terms of results, and that was only a third defeat, including his first game after a couple of days. So, it was a pretty, you know it was it was progress checked. It was yeah knocked down a, a peg or two. Um, but I think we yeah we. Possibly take a step back and you know try and take it all in. And I agree with you, a mixed, but an okay start to the season could be wet, could be a lot better, could be a lot worse. Um, things to build on, things to improve from. We haven't seen hardly anything. We've seen next to nothing of the three new signings, have we? Next to nothing. So um, the hope is that I play a big part. You know, we'll see over the next you know when when you know next few games when it returns, I suppose.
0: Yeah, we will indeed. Right, time for an advert. As always, the baggage Broadcast is proudly sponsored by the Kettle and Toaster Man, the place where you can go and get your graded products. They are a graded product specialist down there on Thorns Road in Briley Hill. Coxie was talking about the kettle last week, typical. The old microwave's on the blink. Oh, no. The microwave's been struggling through since the weekend, so I'm going to have to get down... um, and uh, see me old mate down at the Catlin' Toaster Man, I think, and see what he's got on offer. I had a bit of a flip through today, and he has got some belters down there. He can get a Tower Touch Control digital microwave. Might have to, might have to upgrade, get into the uh, the 21st century, one of those digital microwaves. You can pick them up for just £70. And as we said, if you want to get Coxie, a, we're going to talk about Coxie's wedding later. If you want to get him a, a wedding present, um, Catlin' Toaster Man has <laughs> got some, uh, some right crackers on, some right cracking deals on down there. So as we said, the, uh, plenty of graded products down there at the and Toaster Man, Thorns Road in Braley Hill, or you can go to the Toasterman.co.uk. Right, uh, TJ Smithy's back this week with a quiz. Coxie um, was away when we recorded this um, so I've just been getting some extra practice in for when he returns from his honeymoon and we kick off the, uh, or restart the head-to-heads. So this is how I uh, how I got on. TJ Smithy, quizzes are back. It's There's no Coxie today so I, basically it's just a revision session for me when I, I get me next one on one with him. Um, right, what have we got? What have you got for me today, T.J. Smith? You've given me a bit of a lowdown off air, which uh, I'm a bit worried. It sounds quite hard, but uh, just explain to the viewers who are gonna uh, or the listeners who're gonna tune in and, and play along at home what's uh, what's this latest test you've got for us?
2: Right, so I've got a who am I, but with each question, it gets harder. From the appearances, getting from like eighty plus to like. Four appearances for West oh, Brom. Dear. Oh, this could be tough. This could so be amazing. It's almost like the further it gets along, the less memorable they are. Tougher it'll get.
0: Tougher it'll get. Right. Yeah, let's go. Hit me. Come on. I'm going to be in top form so for when Coxie returns.
2: Your first player is currently 43 years old and is uh, from Austria. He had. A number of 62 appearances for West Brom, including seven goals. Oh, All It is indeed. Good start. Good start. There we are. Tapping so, that. Fair, fairly easy ones. <laughs> we'll take our point on the board. So, your next player is currently 37 years old, played for West Brom 10 times on loan, and then played uh, over the course of three seasons for 47 appearances.
0: So he had a loan spell, and then he was a permanent.
2: Yeah. He's thirty-seven,
0: so he might still be playing.
2: He scored it? five goals. Loan
0: and a permanent.
2: Loan and a permanent. Oh, Jerome Thomas. It isn't. No. I can give you some extra ones. No, go he, on. I have one more stab at it. He after West Brom, he went on loan to Derby County, and then Swansea.
0: Giles
2: Barnes. It isn't. He's no. you. He's uh, had his youth to finally leaving in 2008 at Aston Villa God
0: knows I give up on this one I've had too many stabs at it go on put us out of our misery it was Luke Moore should have guessed by the five goals in 48 appearances really But yeah, sorry to Luke Moore if he's listening right one out of two I'll take that that was a toughie that one that was tough I'm worried now that they're going to get even tougher than that <laughs> right,
2: we'll see. We we'll it? see so your next player is currently 38 years old and he's from Spain. He had thirty-one appearances for West Brom over the course of two seasons. The Major- majority of the appearances were in the one season though. Next. You have to keep me
0: going. you have to keep going with these clues here. I've got a bit of an idea, but
2: uh he was in the Real Madrid C and B team before joining Mallorca. Borja Valera. It is indeed. He then went on to go to the Villa two Real, seasons through. The two seasons through. Yeah, because yeah, he played about two games of this yeah, you know, yeah. next season and then went. That's it. There we go. I'll we'll take that. Two out of three. Two out of three. They are getting harder then. They are getting harder. This player is also 37 years of age, is from the Netherlands and had 16 appearances on loan at West Brom. I got a real
0: niche guess for this.
2: But I on. play this one. Andy Slory. No, it isn't. Uh, he was a Dutch winger. After,
0: Don't
1: think he played. After leaving,
2: guess, really. after leaving West Brom, he went on to Club Brugge to have 130 appearances and 10 goals. Ryan Donk was it? It was indeed. Was Ryan it?
0: Donk. Oh, that is a niche answer. That is. I'll take that. I thought he played more than 16 times. Yeah, there we no. go. Good question, Rod. I dread to think. What How many left?
2: One left, two left? The, the last question now.
0: The last one, I dread to think, oh, this is going to be, right. Baggies fans, if you've got all these at home, well done, that's top knowledge.
2: So your last uh, player is currently 34 years of age and he, and he only had four appearances on loan at West Brom with one goal. Four? Four appearances. Next, you know, is there any more clues? His uh younger life was in Villarreal before moving on to another club in Spain, then to Swansea, where he had two more loans, and then to West Brom, and then to Birmingham City on loan the season after.
0: Swansea. So we had him from Swansea. Yeah. Oh my god, how can I cannot really... Oh Jefferson Montero.
2: There we go. We
0: went to Birmingham? I was gonna
2: say he went to Birmingham the season after had mm-hmm. four uh, I think it might have been the same se- no we got him in the January he went over the next season uh, and went to Birmingham on loan with 14 appearances and no goals
0: Yeah.
2: there we go some niche questions there
0: baggy around if you've got all them fair play come and tell me next time at the Hawthorns might buy you a pint Those are well done for that TJ Smithy thanks for that pal we'll be back when Cox is off his honeymoon in a few weeks time we'll be back for another head-to-head, and I'm sure they're going to be testing questions. There we go, polishing up on the Albion knowledge, ready for the, the dreary coxy head-to-heads that are going to come later in the season. And We're going to move on to questions now, just a, a few acknowledgements. I uh, just want to say a, a well done to Action for Albion over the weekend. We saw the, the protest that they did in the 12th minute with the posters calling for a full sale, and um, I thought it looked fantastic inside the Hawthorns. Um, and, yeah, a really solid effort. We saw all the Action for Albion guys um, guys and girls all the way around the, uh, the Hawthorns giving out flyers. Um, yeah, fantastic effort. Looking forward to seeing their uh, their next action. Um I was gonna sit Coxie and uh and do a bit on the the trance window, but there wasn't an awful lot of activity. We're just gonna do a quick minute or so roundup on that. Um Pippa is the new boy coming in. Um focus was on a certain Reggie Cannon, but that never came off, or it didn't seem that there was any deals in place there. Um uh, but in terms of incomings, it was Pippa, in terms of outgoings. As um, the youngsters, Jovan Malcolm went out on loan. As did Ethan Ingram, um, also headed out on loan. No big, big names had gone. Which uh, successful deadline day, really?
1: Yeah, not to not to, uh, not to forget Tulloch as well. Obviously, and Tullock, Tullock. of course, yes. Sorry, Just to it's Bradford. Um, yeah, I'm I'm quite enthused by Pippa actually, Johnny. Um, I look forward to seeing what he's about. I've, obviously, there will be Albion fans who will have seen him play for Huddersfield. Um, albeit that was around COVID times, wasn't it? So whether they saw him in the flesh, I'm not sure. But uh, I heard, actually, ironically facing Huddersfield on Saturday, was able to have a chat with one or two about Pipper and his time with the Terriers. And it, I liked what I heard in terms of very attacking fullback from from what I'm told. I, I mean, Carlos Corbin backed this up as well with some quotes he gave gave me after the game. But attack minded, um, quick, skillful, expect to see a, a really technical player. So I think that's, I mean, the way it's been described to me is the kind of player fans like to see, isn't it? Direct, skillful, pacey. I think it'll be a very attack-minded right-back, right-wing-back whose strengths and qualities lying going forward over the halfway line, maybe, than, uh, than defending his own 18-yard box. But we'll see on that. I, I think when you're a wing-back and you've got that sort of solidity of three centre-halves behind you, theoretically, you should be able to have more licence, shouldn't you, to to get... Get over the halfway line and get motoring forward. So really looking forward to seeing what he's about. I I can't help but think, yeah, you know, he will come straight into the first eleven. It was refreshing to see him right back come in, wasn't it? And I'm sure package fans will agree uh with this. Been sort of crying out for a new recruit in that department for for years, really, haven't they? Just someone to challenge or push Darnell Furlong. um And yeah, looking forward to seeing what he can bring. Obviously, season long loan. Remains to be seen how that that'll play out and whether there's any movement in the future. But look, clearly, someone Carlos Correa knows very well, trusts a lot, has has liked what he's seen when he's had him at, at Huddersfield and then Olympiacos. and it's a chance for Pippa to kickstart it. Because I don't think it's gone so well for him in Bulgaria with uh, with Ludogorets. So, yeah, look, look forward to seeing what he's all about, Johnny, and and yeah, a, a pretty good day overall. Just in terms of um, in terms of the some of the clubs, some of the club's main assets, some of their key players. Um, bits of interest throughout the window, sort of inquiries, bids, um, and ultimately, Albion were able to stand firm, dig in, and not be lowballed and not be taken advantage of with their situation, and keep hold of, of those players for, for the next couple of weeks and months at least. So, yeah, it's, it's always a bit of a settler, isn't it, post-post window when you know what you've got? And obviously, the head coach will focus on the on the training ground now. There's two two weeks off before we get stuck back into it.
0: Yeah, there is it indeed. Right, we're gonna go on to, to questions. Um, through a few of these. Happy B seventy nine, morning chaps. Has Mark Miles, in agreement with Carlos Corbrand, basically taking a calculated gamble um now and not sorry, and not sold more players on the basis that a big takeover will happen by January. If so, um, it's not far off Ron Gaurley signing big names on freeze last summer and gambling on promotion. Hope it works. Um it's an interesting theory. Uh, we spoke about this, Dimmy not Coxie? Is not kicking the can down the road. Uh, well, maybe it is, but
1: you know it leaves unanswered questions, doesn't yeah. it, John? It, it, it remains to be seen. You know, does does it does it push uh, the need for the player sales onto January? Pro- probably, I, I would wager. Um, again, hopefully, in the in the coming sort of weeks. I know I'm off for a little little while now, but we'll be able to have um, a chat with Mark Miles. Uh, obviously, we did one in the summer, but it'd be good to have another one of those and just see where things are in terms of. Um, well, obviously the, the twenty million MSD loan to to how the club get by this season, how that's faring. Um, obviously we were told all summer and one of Albion's priorities was to balance the books in terms of getting the wage bill down. Um, probably not as many exits in that regard as they'd want. Obviously Daro was was a big one. There are other other players that I, I'm sure they would have been more happy to to move on in terms of balancing the books. Didn't didn't quite come off. I mean you still got you know, you still got your your David Buttons moving on, and um, and loans for Carl and Grant, things like that that would, you know all will have obviously Gardner Hickman going going out on loan, things that would have helped, but not sort of big big changes. So it does leave unanswered questions on the on the financial side of it, and it does feel like January when that comes around will will carry that same pressure and, and maybe even more to 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 balance things out and it will be fascinating to see what happens when that does come around. But yeah, we're hopeful of of being able to speak to one or two people um, for interviews to, to try and get some more clarity on that. Certainly.
0: Yeah. Uh, Simon O'Reilly playing Jed Wallace out of position is affecting his game. Should he be dropped or playing a a system that suits him? I'll just take that in two parts, Lewis, because there's something else I saw over the weekend that I just want to talk about. Um, Should he, you know, be dropped? We've seen in the past, you know, players out of form, take him out of the team, take him out of the line for a little bit. And it, it does, you know, give him a kickstart. Is that something you could could envisage happening? Um, given the options, you know, we've seen everyone going on about Sarmiento and et cetera, et cetera. You know, would a couple of games out of the team maybe sort of be a boost for him?
1: Possibly, Johnny. Yeah, I um, obviously it always feels like more, always feels more unlikely when it's the, club captain doesn't it obviously Wallace giving the armband over the summer but i wouldn't i wouldn't say that colban won't won't leave wallace out just because he's made him his captain uh, I, I could still see you know just just to help everyone just to help the team with a bit of spark and help wallace um sort of recover and go again i think that could be the case maybe the international break comes at a good time for wallace we we don't know we can hope yeah. um uh, what i would say i mean it, albin lined up 4231 on saturday and played that for 60, 70 minutes until Wallace went off. Actually, so for my money, he was on the right of a front three on Saturday in the position he played last season. So was he out of position then? I, I don't. I think he was playing on the right flank, um, and still sort of drifted in at, at the game and struggled to have a real influence. So, and again, Albion have used three-four-three, and and found Wallace on the right of that front three. So the talk of formations and him playing out of position, I don't know, is he playing out of position or has he much so often? I, I'm not so sure he has, I just think, um, uh, he's not alone, again, it goes back to the, the standards we mentioned earlier, just having a, a tough patch where things aren't quite coming off for him no matter trying it, so, I'm not sure it's a position thing, again, uh, okay, if if somebody, if yeah, people have theories as opposed to that, I'd like to hear them, but, yeah, uh, I think may- maybe for his sake it could could be beneficial to give him a breather. Obviously Sarmiento is banging on the door heavily and John Swift's had two good games, hasn't he? So uh, Does he Inter.
0: does he does he suit um playing with you know a DK rather than a Thomas Asante? You know, take Saturday out. Yeah, good. Point. Like it or yeah. not, whether you've got like an anti wallace agenda or anything. There's been a number of occasions in the opening games where all right he hasn't set the game on fire, but he has put balls into that corridor across the box where you know you want someone getting on the end of it with a header or you know, and granted some of them crosses are over hit or gone astray, but there's some that have been real created good opportunities, you know. We look at one thing I thought of when I saw someone make this point is you look at Sunderland the way last season, you know, where DK got on the end of a cross and put it in. I'm pretty sure it was Wallace we put it in. If it's not, I do apologize. Yeah, yeah. Um, was, yeah but yeah. Is he more suited to that, you know? I mentioned it in my bag, bite-sized baggies on Saturday, like a, a poacher at, for Albion was clean up. Um, like granted, he didn't produce much on Saturday, but is that a point? You know, different strikers, yeah. uh, he, he would benefit off a different striker?
1: I'd say so, yeah. Um, certainly, yeah, DK and Thomas Sante are different type of players. And, and uh, by the way, Matt, how many crosses did Matt Phillips put in from the other flank the other day that were just yeah. sort of drifted across that zone where you just want a poacher um, and that's still to come in Thomas Sante's game he has to try to develop that because goals could be there for him um but yeah uh, I think I think when you've got a a six yard box penalty box striker involved it's gonna bring more from Wallace albeit yeah I don't think Saturday we saw the normal sort of churn and number of deliveries into the box. But again, there's there's a lot of things that go to that, aren't they? Like where Albion want to try and hurt Huddersfield, we're we're not necessarily privy to uh, privy to all of that. So, um, yeah, uh, it's a good point, Johnny, about about DK, and hopefully, again, when he returns, albeit that's a little bit late, you know, a good couple of months away yeah, that can help spark something with with Wallace. I'm sure it will. Um, and, and Josh Major maybe um obviously his moment didn't go well, did it late on, but hopefully he can learn where he needs to be from from Wallace and that can that can sort of work in Albion's favour. But it's tough. It's, it's it's tough because you know Wallace is undoubtedly one of Albion's key players, certainly key attacking players. And um and yeah, when when Wallace isn't sort of fit and firing at his best, they miss his impact. And um yeah, they'll be a lot better for it hopefully, when he can get it back.
0: Yeah. Right, one final question, because uh, there's quite a few similar questions. Um, summer Patel, um, as fans, do we need to accept more uh, of where we are, um, which is what we've just talked about uh, briefly a while ago? Um, players of average quality are getting fierce criticism when they were bought here on the cheap, or or just not very good. Um, Surely more anger should be directed at the owners than the players and the manager. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point, I think, to back up the point of, you know, Tempering expectations, um, you know, you're only as good as your players. Almost some title good as you, you know, people watch the FMs play. You're only good as your strikers, and and yeah, you know, Corbrand would like a stronger squad. But if you look over the whole and what he's done with what he's had, I think he's done right. Um, I think it's a good point, you know, where the anger should be directed, Coxing more the. I, I hesitate to say boardroom because there's not many really board members, but the boardroom and the touchline.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was Sunil, wasn't it? Who, who messaged in there? I think it's a good, it's a good point. Um, touches on what what we mentioned earlier, didn't it? And Corbrand's touched on it in his last couple of press conferences, actually, in terms of the championship this season. And it's far tougher than it was last season. Um, uh, and Corbrand suggested, as played out, even strugglers, Huddersfield, you know, went into it without winning can can really cause an upset on their day. And, and let's be fair, another thing, Johnny, look, we'll have a little glance at the championship results as a whole over the weekend. And that won't make Albion fans feel any better, by the way, about losing at home in the last minute. But a couple of, um, I think you put it on social media, didn't you? A couple of real coupon busters um, mm. over, over the weekend. A couple of outrageous results. I mean, that Sunderland Southampton was absolutely wild. And, and you, look um, below,
0: you look below Albion at the table as well, Cox. You know, Millwall finished above Albion last season, Blackburn who were in and around. Look at sort Mid- of I mean,
1: look at Middlesbrough.
0: Coventry Leeds, Stoke, you know, Stoke who've spent this summer, have yeah. really spent and really strengthened, you know, Middlesbrough. Um Swansea had a really good year last year. Um Watford is still a big player in this league. You know, one win from five under uh old big Val, who we'll meet in a few weeks. So yeah.
1: <laughs> if it's assuming he's still in charge.
0: Take your hand off the panic button almost. Things have yeah uh, I,
1: mean, I mean that 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 that's the yeah, early, early readings of a fledgling table, isn't it? And look, yeah, ridiculously early, a handful of games, much can change. Um, I think we kind of analyze things we've seen over five games and it's it's right to do so. Um, I think we're going to see an Albion side that will score and concede this season. Clean sheet yeah. still doesn't look doesn't look close, does it? We, um, you know, we we, we t- six games in all comps, five in the league and we're no closer to that clean sheet. Alex Palmer, we haven't discussed him in this podcast, have we? Um, you know, Marty Fairley could do better with both goals, quite quite possibly, down to his left, both his near post. Um, certainly got some on, on both of them, actually. I thought he just got some on the first goal, but he got a touch on both. Um, and he's like Wallace, actually, you know, Johnny. With those, those high, high standards Palmer set last year, he can't keep clean sheets on on his own. It's about the players in front of him. And OK, with was superb at Leeds when being only conceded one. But in all the rest of the games, they've conceded two. And um, and for, for a few of them, Parma will have backed himself to do better. So they need a, a return to form there between the sticks as well. Um, the Okoyukushlu conundrum about being, being subbed off and and where's his fitness at to, to complete games? Will, will be interesting to hear the, from the head coach on that. But there's clearly some thought process that, you can't can't stand the 90 minutes or 100 minutes at the moment and whenever Carlos Corban is asked about his changes there's always a thought process to this is why this player is coming on for this player you know it's not because we need to rest him or give him a breather so it'll be interesting to to know the inner workings of, of those changes because the, there's this um theory that's sort of out there for for good reason you would say um about Albion sort of midfield and spine and defending when you goes off and it does Seeing from evidence of opposition chances and goals more open, doesn't it? More easy to get at the back line. Um, there can be times where Jukushlu's not having a good game and his presence is still sort of felt when he's when he's taken off. So, I'll be needing to play longer. And whether that's a, whether Corbin has to back him to be more physically, physically robust to, to play games longer, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But hopefully the international break will be good to you know, getting some more in Jukushlu's legs, maybe you know, a bit of physical work or whatever it takes yeah no
0: it's a good uh it's a good point baggies fans thank you very much for your questions um once again uh this weekend weekend off coxie what are you doing with your saturday not much to do is it oh,
1: weekend off i wouldn't go that far mate yeah it's a, uh, regular listeners will know it's um yeah it's quite oh of it's course a fairly, it's the uh, it, it's uh yeah, it's the big
0: coxie a, wedding
1: uh, oh, I, I didn't know if you were pulling my leg or not there johnny because you're you're
0: you're, you're
1: you're you're expected yourself mate um to be in a tent, yeah. You know, so yeah. In, everyone will be it. having an
0: international break. Far from it for yourself. You've got a busy day on there. Uh, on Saturday. We'll be,
1: we'll be sinking the beverages, won't we? Won't we, my uh How's the my friend. Uh yeah, no yeah, nervous mate. Very, 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 <laughs> very excited. Very excited. Um but yeah nervous. I mean we're recording this on Monday, aren't we, just after the Huddersfield game. But it's going out Thursday, isn't it? So by um no doubt by Thursday when people are listening, the the nerves will be Crippling, maybe. I don't know, or maybe that won't kick into the Saturday morning. I, I don't know, but um, yeah, just obviously, I've not done this before, been through this, but the anticipation and the build up is ridiculous, isn't it? Really, <laughs> um, so yeah, let's see. But uh, the big question is
0: out, among shout, by, by
1: the way, sh- at the moment, Johnny, shout out to the weather. Um, oh, yeah, it's it sunshine behind me, and the, the forecast touch wood, I'm touching a lot of wood there. Um, it's meant to be good. So that's, that's all you want, isn't it? Yeah. The big uh, question
0: about um, Albion fans but, though, mate, is uh, what's the future Mrs Cox going to be coming down the aisle to? Is it going to be the liquidator or the Lord is my shepherd?
1: <laughs> They're both on the playlist, Johnny, of course they are.
0: And if it is the liquidator, we want the full unedited version.
1: I <laughs> imagine. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that's happening, but imagine if it did. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then, <laughs> wow. But, there are a few there are a few baggies in attendance. Don't worry about that. Um so yeah, perhaps we could get something going. So get the that, that that needs to be a late late there are requests, Johnny. I know you you're there in the evening, you find self with other work colleagues. There are requests to the DJ. So oh, please feel very free to submit them <laughs> And um yeah, yeah, Psalm twenty three. Yeah, let's yeah. Although I say that about Psalm twenty-three sort of half jokingly. You have to get all sorts of there's all sorts of red tape for religious readings and music at, at a at a wedding oh, is that? that isn't isn't at a church because obviously we're, yeah it's it's not a church venue yeah, yeah so any any like readings or anything that's going on had to be like submitted to the the council registrars to check it wasn't of a religious nature so where does to, Psalm twenty three come in? We'll have I, to I,
0: avoid, I have to avoid have to avoid the Lord's church. You might be turned up
1: by security. You, uh, yeah, stop uh, singing, nah, stop mate, singing hymns. It'd be, it'd be great to see you there and um, yeah I've had lots of nice messages from Albion fans so thanks for that I I shall check out of social media for a little while from sort of Thursday Friday onwards and um, and yeah then I'm flying across halfway across the world after that so I'll enjoy my honeymoon and I'll I'll miss a few games sadly Johnny leave them in your in your capable hands but I will be following from afar don't worry about that
0: they will do. Cox leave me for a couple of weeks, but the baggage broadcast is going nowhere. Uh, we've got a couple of episodes. As we said, we've got two episodes next week, part two of Tony Pulis, um, and I'll be joined by either a special guest or a special guest presenter. Um, for the week's uh next week's episode, and then we'll have a full baggies broadcast for you the week after, ahead of the Bristol City trip. Coxie, thank you very much. Enjoy your few weeks off. Um, baggies Thanks, fans,
1: Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. Are, the, uh, are the kettle and toaster man sort, sorting me out? You know, little, little sort have of a wedding word. present, have present a word. List? yeah, yeah, you, you know, the powers I know, mate. Yeah, yeah it's all, ideal wedding stuff, that isn't it, surely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, get that kitchen re-kitted out. Um but baggies fans, thank you very much for listening. Uh, five games in, sitting mid-table. We've seen some good stuff, we've seen some bad stuff, and we've seen some stuff to improve on. But when you sit back and reflect, it hasn't been an awful start. So uh onwards and upwards. Thank you very much for listening, Coxie. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your busy Saturday, enjoy your honeymoon. Um as I said, real we'll thubby here. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, from me from Coxie. Boy boy. Boy,
1: boy.